one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Today we've got a crazy story of an entitled parent getting jealous and seeking attention when the other parent ends up in the hospital. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, my older boy's playing soccer. Parents let their one-year-old interrupt them. I think this belongs here. What the heck would two parents be thinking by letting their barely walking child waddle over to where my boys are playing a rough game of soccer? He proceeded to walk into the net, get between my boys, 8 and 11, and pitch a fit over not getting my son's ball. The entitled dad noticed I said something and got offended that I was ticked. Yes, get your kid away from my kids before a soccer ball plops him in the face. <sighs> maddening. The little toddler winds up pitching a fit so bad he's shrieking over it and they had to leave. This is a dad with entitlement issues, right? Next time, how do I proceed? I told my sons to tell the parents that he's going to get his face hurt by the ball. I would think ideally you stop the game the first time and you explain that the kid could get hurt, if they don't listen, you would love to let the kids keep going, but God forbid, a soccer ball is a dangerous item to a one-year-old. So I guess really either just wait it out while holding the ball, make it clear you're not going to resume with the kid there, or wait as long as you can stand and otherwise maybe just pack it up and go. It sucks, but I'd rather do that than endanger the one-year-old. Also, hi, I'm Steven, and if you love fueling your hatred for these entitled parents, why not hit that subscribe button down below? That said, our next story is, my mom called my grad photos ugly and wants me to get retakes. So for my grad photos a few weeks ago, I had on cat girl eye makeup and nobody had a problem with it. Heck, quite a few people actually said that they liked my makeup. Well after school today, my boyfriend met me in town and told me what my mom had said. She had said, I don't want these ugly photos in my house. He told me that and I instantly just shut down. My mother, who had always said that I was beautiful, just said that the pictures were ugly. I actually really like the photos. She said a little bit ago, there better be photo retakes. When I got home, she started talking about it to me, and I said, I actually like the pictures. She then said, oh my god, in a really rude tone. She indicated she didn't like them, and she and my boyfriend were the only ones at the house. She has some mobility issues and he was helping her clean up a bit and set up Christmas decorations. You know, maybe if you were a tween, a young teenager, they might have a little bit more leeway here to complain about your makeup. Even that's a bit of a stretch. Your grad photos? The makeup you have in your grad photos? I say if they keep complaining, you wear even more makeup the next time. This next story is, Narcissistic Mom is trying to take my home. I, 30-year-old female, don't know if I'm being acting entitled in this situation, as well as a full disclaimer. A few years ago, my father passed due to a sudden and short battle with cancer. My father and I have always been on good terms. He made a lot of mistakes along the way, but I do believe he believed his intentions were good. Just the impacts were not. He had a learning disability and, while I hold my scars, I hold no resentment towards him for making mistakes. We talked about it a few times, and he did show remorse for the effects he caused, and we grew closer because of the open and loving communication. 
My mom, on the other hand, left us when I was eight years old for a different man in her life. This man abused both her and me and my siblings, and in turn, it made my mother's abuse of us ramp up in frequency and intensity. I've lived with my father my whole life, except for a six-month period out of state with a friend, which was always intended as temporary. Though I did plan to move into my own place when I came back, things didn't pan out with the pandemic. Shortly into the pandemic, my dad went to the hospital because he thought he had COVID. Turns out, he had stage 4 cancer, and they said there was nothing they could do. He had the option of some treatments, but declined them. He died shortly after. He didn't have a will, but it was always his intention, according to his entire family, that the house be given to me. One of my siblings is in STEM and the other married into a wealthy family, and I'm the youngest. So his intentions were to ensure each of his children were taken care of after his death. This obviously came as a shock to me, as I was under the impression that split kin inheritance and eldest were the common options in these circumstances. I've taken care of the house for three years and some months now. I've handled every bill. I've gotten a roommate who's now a loving member of my family, a partner who's moved in and helped me renovate the house. We've been making a home for our family in the home my father wanted me to do so in. It makes me cry often at how much I wish he could see the progress on the house, and how much progress I've tried to make personally in growth. Fast forward to last month, my mother's asking me for the mortgage account details all of a sudden. I was already sketched as to why she would be asking for that, given she lives across the country, and only calls me to really complain about her sister when she's drunk, and berate me for being a lesbian. I called her and asked her why she wanted the info, and she said it was to prepare for when she comes back to the state and refinances the home. I stood there, jaw dropped, for I don't know how long. Three years of running this house, that my dad left me, building a home for my family, and now my mother was trying to say the house is hers whenever she cares to claim it. I've done some digging, and it turns out when they got divorced, my dad removed her from the loan, but never removed her from the deed. So once he passed, the county transferred ownership of the deed to her automatically instead of into the estate like with the rest of his assets. I know this is the standard procedure from what I can tell, but given the context of our family, she has no rightful claim to the house I feel, only a legal loophole claim. My father was gravely emotionally wounded by my mother's years of abuse, only to climax in a betrayal of cheating. He wouldn't want her to have his home, but without a will and him gone, There's no one who can truly verify that aside from getting statements from his family in civil court. I don't know why he never took her off the deed, if it was a poor strategic decision in case he passed before our adulthood or if it was a lapse of his memory. I should also specify she has a home already, but specifically wants this house. Her and my dad bought the home in 2003. She left us in 2006 and has lived elsewhere since. She yelled at me saying she put so much work into this house and now what? She's just supposed to forget about it? So me and a bunch of other fruitcakes can have it? She lived here for 3 years while cheating on my father and has been gone for 16 years but still believes she has a rightful claim to the house. I obviously am already in the process of getting legal help, however I just needed to vent about this. It's been making me lose sleep, giving me panic attacks and making me emotionally unstable. I went the way of found family and being family oriented in that context as a result of my childhood abuse. I take it as a very serious responsibility and purpose of life to protect and care for my family. 
and my abuser is now coming back to try and rip the home we've built up away from us. This house is the living image of my father. He worked countless hours in unimaginable labor to ensure this was our family home. I've always, since becoming an adult, had a large distance between me and my mother due to the things she's done. And I maintain contact mostly as a fear of what she would do if I went no contact. But if she goes through with this and tries to take this home, whether she succeeds or not, I will never forgive her for trying to destroy my family's home. Again, maybe I'm the one being entitled here and my drive to protect my family and self from her is overpowering my ability to think rationally. It's so hard to get 10 words into thinking about this without being overwhelmed. I don't even necessarily think this is about entitlement. I think this is just about the money. I think she just wants the asset. I think she's willing to use any claim in the book and really do whatever they can to justify why they deserve this and that. Just trying to grab a piece of that pie. Our next story is, Entitled Mom Parks in Handicap Spot calls me crazy for calling her out. Second time I posted on here, but yesterday, I encountered my first wild Karen while I was out doing some errands with my mom. I saw this lady pull into the van access handicap spot to go into a smoothie shop, and I immediately chased after her. I politely informed her that she was parked in a handicapped spot, and her response was, Oh, I'm just gonna be in and out, it won't be long. This wasn't gonna fly with me, and I kept on pestering her to move it in case someone needs it. But she kept deflecting and when I called her a Karen, she called me one too and also called me crazy. At that point I had to back off and regroup, but as I was leaving, another woman who was watching whispered to me, just get her license plate, that's what I do. So I did, but when I told my mom about what just happened, she told me not to call because A, it wasn't our business and B, the police won't even bother dealing with it, even though I was going to call a non-emergency number. So I had to delete the image I took of her car. Eventually the Karen did move her car, which wasn't a van in any way, into the open spot behind it. Though she did do it a bit fast and for a moment I thought she would hit the car behind her. When she got out, she called me crazy again and that I'd be long gone by the time the police show up, before returning to the smoothie shop to get her drink. I didn't want her to get arrested, I just wanted her to get a ticket or something. I feel like she got away with it even though she got caught. Now, you may be wondering, how is this an entitled parent? Well, later that day after I had my writing lesson, I was talking about the incident to one of my younger students. She asked me what smoothie shop this happened at, and after I gave her a description of the Karen, she told me that she was the mom of one of her bullies at school. Of course, my parents don't believe it was the same person, but here in Washington State, so far everyone I've encountered is so chill and nice that finding a Karen is like finding a unicorn. It's really nice to be in a place where people are generally respectful and relaxed and cool, but no matter where you go, no place is absolutely perfect. The entire country of Norway is one of the safest countries in the world, but you still can't exactly call it safe. There's always going to be bad actors no matter where you are. Our next story is, parents insane request for me to go to college at $16,000 a semester and I live on roughly a $1,000 a month budget. So this was clear back in 2015 or 16, and I was, and still am, living under a help program that makes sure I don't just drift off into oblivion. The story's also kind of short, if I went into too much detail, those involved might know who I am. And even this might be too much. Oh well, it's nice to get the story out. $32,000 a year isn't that much? 
Well, when you live like me on $1,000 per month, that's two plus years of my budget. If I could photosynthesize and not have to worry about the most basics of life. At the most, I'd have $100 to $300 left after all expenses, which I normally save for trips and getting bulk goods and the like. More life stuff. I have ADHD and autism. It makes getting and keeping a job hard, so I get assistance from the government. So when I first came up to the city I'm living in now, I had a computer and a PS3, which I love to play on. I'm not at liberty to discuss what day to day and who was there. Anyways, after six months, I moved to a different apartment, a bigger space for me to live in. When I moved up, my parents had asked me to try to get into college. I looked into this and the college I wanted to go into for the trade I wanted to learn wanted $16,000 per semester. And well, I make $1,000 a month. After rent and other living expenses are paid off, I'd have $100 to $300 left over. $16,000 was just the tuition alone. Books costing $400 plus and the fact that Common Core is a thing? That doesn't let you focus on just one subject. And I just had spent 12 years of my life learning all that crap before. So going back into such was not appealing to me. Considering all of this, I wasn't about to live every day of my life in debt just because I wanted to learn a trade or get a degree in something, so I didn't go. I was determined not to live in debt. Fast forward to the next year about spring, my parents asked me how much school was and I told them very flatly, I'm not going because it costs too much, and how much I get versus how much debt I would have to go into would not be worth it. The parents didn't like this, and the next thing I knew is they were taking my stuff. They took my TV, PS3, and PC, basically saying, till you get into college, you won't get your stuff back. Roughly. I told the awesome director lady about this, and she told me, that's called theft of assets, which either through property or finances, which belong to you, are taken by another party. Even if family is still called theft, and can be taken to court. Would you like to? She asked me. I was like, I don't have a lawyer or a way to do that. Then her boss came over and said, We can act on your behalf. You're under our program after all. I nodded my head and said, Sure, why not? It's worth a shot. So awesome director lady and her boss called my parents up, putting them on speaker, and I simply asked for my things back. The parents said no. The director lady and her boss laid down the law and said they could come to court if they weren't willing to return my stuff. We gave them a week to consider it. Three days later, they said they would give my stuff back, but I had to come down to get it, and so I did. They were none too happy about giving my stuff back. I stayed a few days, then went back home. We were on pins and needles. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
for a bit, but we're on good terms now. There's some other stories I have, and my parents aren't bad people. I think they just needed a push to let go of their last bird. Honestly, I think they needed a little bit more of a push, and I think OP's kind of downplaying it. I mean, I don't blame them if they want to keep that relationship with their parents. But what they did here isn't like a sweep under the rug and forget about it kind of thing, that's for darn sure. Our next story is, Psycho Mom Seeks Attention When Dad Is Hospitalized. My dad had a brain bleed last week and has been hospitalized. Fortunately, he hasn't had any neurological damage other than needing physical therapy. He can still talk and is fully cognizant. Everyone knows my mom is extremely dramatic. She'll do things for attention, but never has it been this bad. Last night, after being at the hospital with him, she came to my house. My fiancé and I have been watching her dogs while this has been going on, so she came to see them. Immediately, she shows me this video my dad took of his hand, repeatedly pressing the call nurse button without the light coming on. In the video, it seemed like he was really panicked. I called the nurse station right away, and my mom started freaking out. She kept telling me to hang up because I'll make the situation worse. I had to leave the room because she wouldn't stop. I told her that dad needed mental health intervention, basically he couldn't be panicked like that and needed anxiety medication to calm him. The nurse was pretty irritated. She was well aware of the situation and resolved it. Also, my dad was completely calm. I was very confused and after a while, my mom left. Later that night, my dad called upset that I told mom he needed psychological intervention. I tried telling him it was taken completely out of context. He's been very worried that he's going to start cognitively declining. I asked about the video and he said that he texted my mom to call the nurse station because it was broken. She didn't believe him, so he sent the video. In the video, he was annoyingly pressing the button fast, not panicked. My mom even called her on the way to my house, which makes sense why the nurse was irritated someone called about it again. She intentionally made me panic about my dad. This isn't the first time since the hospital stay or in my life. Every day she tells me at some point he's seriously not well and might have brain damage. I tell her I'm on my way over and she profusely tells me not to come. When I get there, the nurses say my dad's fine. What kind of mental or personality disorder is this? She's been doing it to me and not my brother because she knows I'll react. I now only call the nurses station to get updates instead of from her. She's tried telling my dad that I call the nurse because I don't think the nurses are doing enough. I think this is some freaked up form of narcissism or something else. I'm not going to try and diagnose any kind of disorder or anything, but this definitely seems like some seriously bad attention-seeking behavior. I don't know if they get like some sick satisfaction out of seeing OP worked up and concerned and giving so much worrisome attention towards them and their situation or what. But the behavioral patterns here are definitely extremely concerning and annoying. Almost like psychopath level behavior. This next story is, Felon hit my face on the couch cushion really hard and my mom won't take me to the doctor. Was being a dummy and dived off the couch arm and face planted onto the cushion. I didn't think it was gonna hurt, but I felt the center of my nose and forehead smash against the wood underneath the cushion since I fell so hard. I had an entire face ache for about a minute and I told my mom and she thinks I'm gonna be fine cause apparently she hit her face on the basement floor and was fine and tried to brush everything off and give me some medicine. Now she's irritated at me for complaining about my face cause she thinks it's just my anxiety making me overthink when I'm constantly telling her I need to be checked. 
I took head injuries way more serious ever since I heard about the Bob Saget incident. Although his problem was different, my brain likes to take things and run with it. I hit my face pretty hard and it's not really an anxiety thing. I believe I actually need to see a doctor. Personally, I really appreciate OP not downplaying any kind of head injury, but I do think unless they're genuinely hurting or they have some kind of symptom, it's probably just a bit of over-worrying. That said, as a parent, I would like to see better behavior from the mom like trying to de-escalate. Not some kind of like one-up game like, oh, I hit my head on the basement floor, you'll be fine. I think it's such an old and outdated mindset to have the, oh, you'll brush it off, oh, it's nothing bad, oh, stop worrying about it. I think a little reassurance and comfort in the situation goes miles further. Our next story is, my parents use me to communicate between each other. My mom and dad were together for 18 years, or thereabouts. They had three children, A, 28-year-old male, me, 24-year-old female, and B, 17-year-old male. They split up when I was 11, and the only slight conversation they've had since then was when I had my eldest daughter. I had a postpartum hemorrhage after delivering, and my dad couldn't get a straight answer out of me about what was happening. Other than that, all of their conversations, arrangements for visitation, problems with each other, etc. have all gone through me. So this means I had to grow up very quickly, and I knew far too much at a young age of how they felt about each other. My dad remarried and has a stepdaughter, and I have two half-brothers. I only refer to them like this for the post, otherwise they are my sister and brothers. B no longer sees my dad, so I have regular texts asking for updates about him, how he's doing, what he's up to, etc. I've been dealing with this for years, so I got used to it and it never bothered me. It still doesn't. I see my dad's name pop up with a message, and I don't expect a, Hi, how are you? How are my grandchildren? anymore. I basically helped raise my little brother for about three years after my parents split up as my mom found her freedom and went out partying a lot. I love my parents, but I'm literally their carrier pigeon. When I've told them no, I'm not doing this anymore, they don't like it. They get defensive or testy with me, so I end up carrying on being their messenger. It's like they do feel entitled that I do this, and if I don't, I'm no use to them especially my father, as he's always held a bit of a grudge that I went to live with my mom and not stay and live with him when they broke up. I feel like this is dealing with like a grown-up toddler tantrum type behavior. I think at some point either OP enjoys being the messenger service between them, or at some point OP finally puts their foot down, provides an option for them to reach out to each other, and says, complain at me all you want, yell at me all you want, judge me all you want, but I'm done being the messenger. It's an annoyingly unnecessary burden. Just send a message to each other, it doesn't even matter if you don't personally like each other. You don't gotta send hearts and kisses, just talk. Our next story is, toxic entitled mother-in-law sent me this. Backstory. Our son's not biologically mine, but I'm the only mom he's ever known. The birther hasn't been in the picture since he was three months old, and my husband raised him by himself until I came along two-ish years ago. Mother-in-law doesn't work and smokes weed all day with my brother-in-law and then complains about not having any money. The weed thing plays in because my husband is law enforcement. She's always hated me and treated me badly. My mother-in-law is toxic. My husband and I are both working full-time, in school full-time, and our son just started pre-K this year. Over the summer, we told her numerous times that we wouldn't have the availability to go over there all the time or run errands for her. 
She's been guilting my husband into going over there about four to five times a week for two hours each minimum so she could see our son. She said she understood and that when school started, every other week would be fine. Well, it comes time for school and she still expected them to go over all the time and she said some nasty things about my husband and I because we wouldn't do what she wanted when she wanted. It even came down to her threatening to take us to court for full custody of our son. She told my husband he was a crappy dad and that he was only a dad so the court would give her full custody. I have bipolar disorder and I'm medicated, actively in therapy, and my mental health has been better than ever. She also said that our son wasn't safe with me because of my depression. Meanwhile, she sits at home 24-7, popping Xanax and smoking weed to the point that she'll sleep for three days straight. After all that, she used the whole, I want a relationship with you, ploy, to get on my husband's good side again. My husband and I talked extensively about how I was and am not in a place where I can handle her mental and verbal abuse, and how it's making me anxious and slip into a not good place. We decided it's best if I don't have a relationship with her at the moment, so we can all work through our stuff. She kept pushing to hang out every day, and I would say sorry, I have work and school. She called my husband crying, saying I'm manipulative and a witch and my husband reiterated the conversation we had with her before. She then sends me this message. Thank you for finally growing up and admitting what I've known this whole time. I've been pushing a relationship with you to get you to grow up and admit that you don't want one. Now it's your fault, not mine, so I think it's best that you delete my number. I think it's best that as far as I'm concerned, you don't exist. As far as you're concerned, I don't exist. RJ is my son, Robbie is my grandson, and that will never change. I love them both with all my heart and I'm willing to do crap I don't want to do for their happiness, namely talk to you. So as far as I'm concerned, your dad, you can freak off. You are fat, you are ugly, you are nothing like he's ever been with. He's only with you for that money, honey. And so we don't have to take care of Robbie by himself. He's using you like he's used every one of the other ones. So I have a very nice life. It's been two months with no contact from her, not for her lack of trying. And our family is thriving. My husband spoke to a therapist about all of this, and he decided that at this moment, he's happiest not having a relationship with his family, and that this is the best mentally he's ever felt. Honestly, the ending here made me so incredibly happy. I hope the husband fully embraces cutting off that totally toxic mother-in-law. I mean, I know it's your mom, but if somebody is just that bad to you and your partner that you genuinely care about, you need to be able to cut people out like that. I couldn't imagine going through life trying your best to take care of a kid that wasn't even yours to begin with but you fully embraced, and the grandmother of that child is just trying to tear you down and make you seem like an awful person, calling you horrendous things. I'm glad they cut them off and I hope they don't even look back unless they come back incredibly apologetic and actually trying to make an effort. That said, our final story of the day is... Entitled parent accuses me of giving her the middle finger. So this happened when I was about 8 or 9 years old and where I lived was in this apartment complex with other kids. I had a lot of friends there and two of my friends were this 16 year old girl and her little brother who's about my age at the time, maybe a little younger. So one day we were playing on this deck that had a gazebo, it's public so anyone can use it, and I had a football and the older sister threw it over my head and into this forest that led to a creek. She says she's sorry and tries to help me find it, 
and during our search, the mother yells, Time to go inside. I say, can they stay out a little longer? They're helping me find my ball. The entitled mom says, no, they need to come inside, it's getting late. Besides, you can get a new one. I was poor and had little money, as my aunt screwed over my family. I said, I can't afford a new one. She says, that's not my problem that your parents are deadbeats who can't feed their children. I have two younger sisters, both autistic. My dad was working at a McDonald's and my mother was working at a TJ Maxx. The older sister says, mom, it'll take five minutes. She says, hurry up. We couldn't find it, so the younger brother gives me his football because he doesn't play with it as an apology for losing mine. The next day, I was getting ready for school and while I'm walking down the road to the bus stop, the entitled parent wants to talk to my dad. She says, excuse me, your son gave me the middle finger last night. Dad says, huh? My dad was visually confused. She says, your son used the middle finger at me because he couldn't find his dumb ball. I'm crying as I'm eight years old. I'm scared my dad might yell at me. My dad said, ma'am, listen, my son wouldn't do that, so please get your fat freaking blob butt on with your fish breath. She says, excuse me? Dad says, you heard me, witch. I was so glad he didn't take her side, as he never really believed me when I got in trouble. I guess because it was 7am and he came home late from work the night before, around 2am, and wasn't having any BS. I never saw the entitled parent again, nor her kids, as I guess she forbade her kids from playing with me again. I mean, I'm sure this was just grumpy, cranky dad attitude. I would love nothing more if the dad said all of that to her and then finished it off with a middle finger themselves. I think it's just sad that you had neighbor friends and after this event you couldn't play with them anymore or never saw them again. It sucks when awful parents have to come between childhood friends. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy entitled parent story, check out that video on the left. Or, if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.